This is Laura looking for love. Today is podcast number four, The Apocalypse and the Superhero. So we watch movies and TV shows every day that seem so far from reality, it makes us extremely happy to live in this mundane yet safe world we call home. But the thing about fiction is it always contains a piece of our reality because to invent it, we must somehow relate to it. So there's always an undercurrent of human emotion. And today I want to look at the undercurrent of fear and survival. So as an example of one of the shows that started as a comic book, became a TV series, and now is this cultural phenomenon, I'll talk about The Walking Dead. And it's truly the show that is about survival. It asks the questions, what would you do? And and the reason why we love that show so much is because even though it is so far from our reality on a survival level, we can relate to the feeling of fear. We could relate to the feeling of being up against a wall, looking at the impossible. And it gives us the opportunity to root for the characters who are faced with the impossible and see them overcome it because it gives us the inspiration and it allows us to see our world as so much easier. It's not just this fictional storyline. It's, it's really a study of human behavior and what humans, when pushed to the limits, are capable of doing. And it constantly asks us the question, what would you do? If you were in this situation, what would you do? But beyond the moral questions, one of the aspects that arises from the dynamic of survival is competition. And competition is basically the name of this game when it comes to The Walking Dead. And you basically have two enemies. And you have on one end the walkers or the zombies Basically, dead people who have come back to life with no brain or logic, but just are robots who will attack human, live human flesh, right? And then you have the actual human beings who are alive, who have logic, who are just like everyone else. But they're in so much of a fear and survival mode that they want to kill other people who could take their resources from them. So when you look at these two enemies, right, you have the zombies and you have the humans Who becomes the worst enemy? And it's always the humans. It's the ones that have the logic brain, that can can plot, that can have complex schemes against you. Those are the ones that could do the most harm because the zombies, their behavior is always predictable. As long as you're prepared for them and you're not caught off guard, you know their behavior pattern. But with humans and the humans that are against you, you don't, right? So you have these two enemies. Okay, so once you establish the enemies, you also have the strategy. You need to figure out how you're going to survive. And you can be a lone wolf and survive on your own, but that's really hard, right? So you develop a tribe of people you trust, but it's a process to weed out the people who are going to be against you. But once you have your tribe, it's solid. You you have your tribe. And so that these small little tribes in this apocalyptic universe where you need to start to rebuild again. And that's the life of The Walking Dead and the characters in The Walking Dead, right? Fiction, so far from reality, yet how far from reality really is it? So now looking at the state of our humanity right now and what we are facing as a human race, yes, we don't have zombies. That's not real. But the survival element of The Walking Dead is something that is very close to home right now. Starting from before the election, the U.S. election, and the way the election was won, it was based out of survival. And it was the mentality of, we have such a lack of resources. Each of us are suffering. And so we need a president 
who will keep the enemy out. Let's build a wall. Let's keep the enemy out because we are in survival mode. We are in fear and we are each other's enemies. We're the humans fighting against humans. And that's the low vibration that our country was in at the time of this election. And so now fast forward, right? Fast forward almost a year. And we have these natural disasters, the hurricanes. And we had a couple hurricanes here in the States. And then the Puerto Rico devastation of Hurricane Maria, which has been the most devastating, the spot where they need the most help, where there's no potable water. People are without shelter. And it's been a month since the hurricane hit. And the relief efforts are just not where they could be. One of the things that really struck me was when they started doing the stories about the lack of of safe drinking water and the there that video of the reporter coming to a man and asked asking him in Spanish do you know that you're taking water from a contaminated site that it's toxic and that you know it could be potentially dangerous to your health and the man said matter-of-factly if I don't drink water I'm gonna die so I might as well drink this water and it was just so heartbreaking and upsetting to see that, knowing that the leader of the free world could do more. It's obvious that his priorities are not completely with Puerto Rico. And while it would be so easy, and I did go there, you know, where I was really upset with that. But at the same time, it's easy to look at someone with power and and criticize them for what they are or aren't doing. But when we do that, it takes away our own power to do things as well. And I don't want to waste my energy on the president. And I think that people need to start taking their energy away from a man who will not help others if they ever challenge his ego and also who does not have compassion. There is a last week, if you missed it, I did a podcast on abusers, abuse, and the dynamic of sociopathy and sociopaths, right? And, and one of the main things is that they do not have compassion. And so if you have experienced abuse, if you've experienced this dynamic, this control dynamic of feeling like the struggle with, with someone, I would encourage you to go back on that and understand the dynamic because when you are dealing with someone who does not have compassion and will never have compassion, it is always going to be just a frustrating battle of trying to convince someone of something that they are never going to get and it's a wasted energy. So we need to start looking at what we can do as a people to help ourselves and to flip the script and not think of someone with power like the president as someone who has these superhero abilities to be able to save us. And I want to talk about that dynamic of the superhero. In our culture, there is always this one person that becomes a hero for a society, a culture, a community, a generation. And we look to a superhero. And most of the time, the superhero is someone of power, someone who can make a difference. And we sometimes we put our power into the superhero thinking that we could get help. But we need to stop putting our power and our faith into people who are outside of ourselves and start to recognize that we, as as a human being, as a spirit, can do so much more than we think we're able to. Oftentimes, when you have a group of kids, right, uh, in a classroom, you're not going to get a whole group of people or a whole classroom of kids that say I want to be the next president of the United States they're gonna say you know maybe they'll say I want to be a doctor maybe they say I want to be a teacher a lawyer an artist I mean but there aren't many people who think to themselves as they're growing up I want to be president of the United States because that position is so elite it's reserved for the few and most people don't believe they can achieve that 
And everything starts with a belief. Everything, every goal that is ever achieved has always started with a belief. And if you don't have or can't even think of the belief, then you're never going to access that goal. Not to say that everyone has to be president because it is a tough job, you know, but the fact that the reason that people don't want to be president, it's not because they think it's a tough job. It's because they don't think that they can achieve that impossible feat of becoming a president. So let's look at Puerto Rico. And we just talked about The Walking Dead and, and the apocalyptic universe that the characters are living in in that series. And we look at the state of Puerto Rico now. And the reality is they are experiencing their own apocalypse right now. They are in complete survival mode. They are without water. They are without shelter. And there is a complete disconnect from them and the rest of society. And I ask you, what would you do if you were in a situation where you were in lack of the basic needs to keep your body alive? What would you do? Would you drink from a toxic well, knowing that in several years it could cause cancer and that you would be prolonging your death but causing it at the same time? What would you do? And that's the question I asked myself. And one of the things that was upsetting when I saw that video, besides the initial feeling of helplessness, right, that fellow man was suffering and why it's no one helping them, but I also looked at the spirit of our human race and why we often choose the option that seems to be the better option but really is a prolongation of our suffering. And if we're going to learn anything from this story, we must examine it and pull it apart so that we can become better. And it's not to judge anyone who is going through the suffering right now in Puerto Rico. I have complete compassion for human suffering. But like I said with, you know, I think it was the episode two of my podcast with the Vegas shootings and the stories that emerge from there, that if we do not take these stories and pick them apart and learn from them, then these stories are for nothing because these events are going to keep occurring over and over and over again. And the suffering will continue to happen. If not with with Puerto Rico, with the United States, with Canada, with Japan, with China, with Mexico, each country is going to experience their own suffering the more we are unable to transform from these devastating events that happen. So if we do not learn from these events as a, as a human race and as a, a spiritual race, we can evolve. And really, like if we look, I'm going to bring it back to The Walking Dead because it's so so much easier to use a television show to explain things. But when you look at the characters of The Walking Dead, for those of you who watch it, even if you don't, if you can imagine the characters that have survived the apocalypse from the beginning of the series to now, most of those people have had to go through an immense amount of transformation. From who they were at the beginning of the series to who they are now is completely different. They have learned to adapt to the certain situation. And if they weren't able to adapt to it, if they were stuck in the ways that they were doing things in the past, they would have died. So there is a level of needing to adapt and transform and an acceptance of our transformation and a release of our past that will allow us to grow. And if we're not able to allow for our own transformation, then we won't be able to move forward. We'll be stuck. We're just going to be in stuckness. So one of the things that I was seeing as I was looking at this dilemma of drink the water, the toxic water, or don't drink the toxic water, and I was watching that video of the interaction between the reporter and the, the man, the, one of the things I noticed on an energetic level was just the amount of apathy from the man who decided to drink this 
toxic water. It was like, well, might as well. I'm going to die anyway, so might as well. That was really what got me was that in every type of survival story, there are two ways in which you can go. And they're not always that obvious. But one way is you can quit and give up. Or two, you can fight with everything you have. And sometimes when it seems like we're fighting, we're actually giving up. And that's what I realized when he was saying that is that he had given up. He had given up because he had resigned himself to die. He just decided he didn't want to die now. He wanted to die later. So he drank this chemically filled water knowing that it was going to cause him much harm later. But he chose to prolong it. And so we must learn from these stories of people who are like the Vegas shooting, like the other hurricane survivors, like the people who are surviving the fires in Santa Rosa, all these people who are surviving these natural disasters and these man-made disasters and the stories that emerge from it, we must use it as a self-reflection for us because really we only have control of ourselves in our own life and understanding where we want to fight, how we want to fight, and where the apathy in our space comes in so that we are no longer able to fight. So I'm going to take it to a scale level from lowest vibration to highest vibration. And I'm going to be talking about energy. So we're talking about the lowest vibration on the planet, which is fear. And fear comes about when we are in survival mode. And when we are operating on fear, we are not at our most connected spiritually, mentally, because what drives us is pure fear that we are going to die. And that consumes us entirely when we feel that we're going to die. And most of the time, the fear is more overwhelming than the actual reality of the situation. There was um, an article about a woman who was so terrified of not having enough water in Puerto Rico. And she said, I'm only living on one bottle of water a day because when I go to the hospital, they'll only give out one bottle of water per person. And it was such a horrible, fearful experience for her to only have one bottle of water a day. And while that is scary to think that there's a limitation on the amount of water you consume when we're supposed to have much more than one bottle of water a day, on a human body level, the body can survive with less than a bottle of water a day, much, much less than one bottle of water a day from a physiological standpoint. But it's the fear, the fear that I only have one bottle of water. I only have one bottle. I only have one bottle. So we need to look at the fear and our vibration of fear and what it creates in our society and in the domino effect of what that fear creates. Fear becomes competition and competition leads to animosity towards other. It ends, becomes hateful. It becomes divisive and it becomes the opposite of collaboration and community. That's on one end of the spectrum. And then on the very other end of the spectrum, which is the opposite of fear. The opposite of fear isn't safety. Safety is part of fear. Like we have to feel safe to quell our fears, but it's not safety is not the opposite of fear. The actual opposite of fear is love. And I remember someone told me this a long time ago, years ago, before I started my metaphysical studies. And I was like, how is the opposite of love fear? Wouldn't the opposite of love be indifference, even hate? Why is it fear? But now I understand. Now going through my own journey and understanding the dynamics of energy and, and emotions, I see where when you operate in fear, it is a domino effect of everything. And you are no longer able to look outside of your own ego and your own space and your own survival to love another. Everyone becomes your enemy. So what the goal is in this situation as a community, as a human race, is we need to start moving from survival and fear 
even when we don't think we're in survival and fear, because in when it really is a natural disaster, when it is a life or death situation, we understand that this is survival. But most of us aren't in that space, right? Most of us, well, in America, at least, there are a lot of people who are living in poverty and who understand that. But even living in poverty in America, we are still richer than the majority of the world. Our poverty level is completely different than the poverty level of other countries. Our view of being in survival is usually not even acknowledged because we, we connect being in survival to a physical survival, like being trapped on a cold mountain or you know escaping a fire or surviving a hurricane. These are like real life death situations that we think, oh, survival. But really, when you look at it, we are operating in survival mode when we don't realize it. So we have to move from being in survival towards being not in survival. So being more in the vibration of love. And that is the goal right now on our planet. So how do we get there? People think, oh, well, in order for me to get to that point, I have to be comfortable. I have to feel safe first. I have to have everything in order. And then I could worry about that. And I don't, I don't believe that that's true. I know that when you study psychology and when I was in my master's program, you know, we learned all the different theories on human behavior. And one of them that I always remember is the Maslow's hierarchy of needs. And it's that pyramid and it's broken down into sections. And at the very bottom of the base of the pyramid, which is the biggest part, is the basic physiological needs like water, food, air to keep your body alive. And then it goes to safety and then it goes all the way up until you reach the very top of the pyramid, which is self-actualization. And according to Maslow, it's like it was a directional path to self-actualization. You needed to have the bottom parts of the pyramid met before you could travel up the pyramid and reach self-actualization, which is basically the word for reaching your full potential and what you're supposed to do on this earth. Later down the road, he added a new one, and it was self-transcendence, which goes even beyond yourself. And it goes to the energy of love towards family, culture, society, and the cosmos. So it was much more of a spiritual view of going beyond yourself outward and transmuting that vibration outward. And it, But it was always in order. And I like what he said about that. And I like how he added that new topic because I do think that that is really at the top is beyond the self-actualization is that interconnectedness flow between us as individuals and community. But what I don't completely believe in is that we have to have each of those met before we can go to the next. Because most of us, let's face it, we are in survival. We're scared. A lot of us are scared living here. Like, where's our next paycheck going to come from? Where's, um, if we get hurt, the insurance, the state of our insurance, like, how, is, how am I going to get healed? A lot of us operate in survival as a reflex. So to say that we're not capable of self-actualizing until we completely have those needs covered, a lot of us won't even get it all figured out before we die. So I don't think so. I, I, I believe that we can master different things in our path and it doesn't have to be in order. And I do see that if we are able to get to that top of the pyramid while we're in our survival mode, that it'll actually bring us and pull us out of our survival mode. Even in the depths of our fear, when we feel like we are not going to get any drop of water we are so hungry we're so starving there's no one out to help us if we can somehow access that tip of our pyramid where we can understand what we bring to the table we connect to our intuition and our wisdom and we also understand the interconnectedness of our transcendent love that goes beyond our bodies then our consciousness can be pulled up to a place 
that we will have answers that may have never occurred to us or may have never seemed possible before. We don't give ourselves enough credit as human beings on what we are able to do, master, achieve. And sometimes until we are hit up against a wall where we have no other choice is when we call ourselves and will ourselves to think beyond what we've thought before and break our limited thinking. So in order to do that, we need to pull ourselves up outside of the way we've been thinking before and draw upon our wisdom, intuition, and love. As humans and as spirits, we have to understand our strength as spirit and the miracles that we create with that when we allow ourselves to go higher than our survival mode. So I will just leave with that. And until next week, if you have any questions, you can email me at info at or visit my website, thebonsaibabes.com.